0: Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. I'll get to the bottom of why there was a melancholy vibe, As I don't like it, it ain't gonna happen. There is no melancholy. You're saved, are you not? All right, then put a smile on your face. Amen. Don't worry, I didn't forget about the big announcement. As if all of you don't already know. Ready, brother? Run it. Worthy of our praise, thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Praise you, Lord, for this building in Jesus' mighty name. Praise you, Lord, be seated. Praise you, Lord. Now, I have to, you guys are very, very blessed because I completely and totally forgot. Make sure you give me plenty of volume, brother, okay. I've been screaming a lot, so. But in the first service, I forgot to tell people where it was. (laughs) How do you forget to tell people where it was? It's 13,000 Tamiami Trail. It's basically Ortiz and 41 in the northern side of Northport River Road. 41 area is where it's at. It's 14 minutes from here. It's exactly 14 minutes. So those of you living and some lady thought I was, there's two fellowship churches, one in Rotunda. That's not it. That's fellowship church, two different denominations. This is fellowship church out of Houston or Dallas. Which one is it? Do you remember? I don't remember, but out of Texas. But anyway, but we bought that building. It was a satellite church. It used to be Biscayne Baptist church. For those of you are Biscayne church. So it seats a little, little over 1,000 people at max volume. To build that building today, you're looking at 13 to $15 million. We bought it for $5 million. The Contracts. Contracts are signed. Uh, thank you to the Carruthers for that awesome video. God bless, there they are right there. God bless you guys. Thank you for that. For the Abbots, for the survey, seven months out on a survey. And we got it in 12 to 14 days, somewhere in there, done. So uh, my wife and Buck Settles orchestrated the entire deal. God bless her. God bless I stay out of it. I stay out of it. This might surprise. Ty, you monitor my volume. If I'm too loud, turn me down. But just give me right right on the brink. Um, I stay out of business because... um, I tend to get emotionally involved. So I stay out of it. It turned me down just a little bit, but, but anyway, so I stay out of it. I let business people deal with it. Whenever I do get involved with it, I tend to blow it up, say things I shouldn't say. So anyway, but God bless it. It's awesome. It's, you know, you can see everything. We'll finally have bathrooms for everybody. Unlike, yeah. unlike what we have now, we're funneling between, between, High fives and 700 people here per Sunday funnel. It's all the kids and everything funneling through. You should see the nine o'clock. The nine o'clock service is beyond crazy. So for those of you that come to that one too, it's just absolutely packed, which I thought it'd be the opposite, but it isn't. But we're going to go back to, we'll go back to one service at 10 a.m. when we do go back. But here's the thing. You need to be shooting to be overwhelmed with people. We need to fill that place, get to a thousand and then go to two services again. That's what we need to be doing. There are very, very few churches like ours on the planet. I'm not kidding you. You can go to Pittsburgh with Jonathan Shuttlesworth, Revival Today Church, The River Church in Tampa, Arthur Pulaski's Church. Everybody else, and I know there's exceptions to it. Greg Locke's Church, and a few others that people bring to me at the door. You forgot them? I don't. Don't bother. I get it. I probably know them. I just forgot them now. But there's very few. We will be a southern outpost of freedom forever. We will never close. We will never mask. We'll never lock down. We'll never vaccinate. We'll never be vaccine pimps and whores. And if that bothers you that I say it, let me just reiterate this to you. I don't care. That's what they are. They're vaccine pimps and whores. There's nothing else to call them. So, we will never do any of those things. I don't care what Klaus Schwab says about, oh, you know what, you're going to have to lock down for climate next. You know what, he can take that and shove it up his own caboose. The thing is, we're never going to close. We never will. That's the way that it is. I don't care who the governor is of Florida. I don't care who the president is, is of the United States. The Constitution says we have freedom of religion, freedom to assemble, and we will stand. We will stand period always we will stand we will not and this is what happens when you do stand and you implement the word of god if you implement the word of god and you actually do what it says and says what it, and actually live what it says follow its commands don't do what it says not to do this is what happens lots of other churches are closing they're done And I'm talking about even churches that were small mitigators. You know what? You come in, we're we're keeping our church open, but make sure everybody sits six feet apart. Make sure that you've got alcohol gel on. You can mask if you want. You can do what you just feel comfortable or they, you know, we've reopened our church. Everybody comes in, bring your own lawn chair, sit in your COVID clumps, but we're actually open. Because we don't want to spread COVID through the butt crack from one seat to the next. So we can't, we're going to close up all of our church seats and you bring in your lawn chairs so we don't spread COVID through our butt cheeks. It's absolute insanity. We are never going to be involved in any of that garbage ever. We're in this so everybody knows, listen. If you live in Rotunda, you live in East Inglewood, yes, you now have to drive. You have to drive the exact same distance that I have to drive here 14 minutes. So just don't get all bothered and don't get all upset. We can't stay here. You can't, you can't build a building now. It will take us five years to build a building. Ask, I'm looking at up in the back. Here. You can't buy. You can't. You can't, there's, you can't build right now. There's no construction materials. You want a steel building? Karen, Karen Suffling said how many months? 45 months out, 45 months out to build a steel building, to get the materials, 45 weeks, oh, 45 weeks. Oh, so a year. So basically a year just to get the materials, not to build the building. So it's not going to happen. So, and when you have a building, their initial offered us was 7.8 million. We got it for five. God is good. Now be Ready to give. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what I've done? I got with my finance guy, shouted out loud, Jeff. There's my finance guy. And I've, I'm clearing out money and I'm going to give right now. My wife and I are going to give a minimum of 40,000 to start. We've pledged a hundred by the, by the end of this year, we'll have most of that already given. And I'm not telling you to give like I've given. I'm telling you that you've got to give sacrificially. You want your Southern outpost of freedom or or not? Do you want a haven for the lost or do you not? Because listen, these churches right now, they're not even winning people to Jesus. They're winning people to a man-made orthodoxy. Are they really even saved? A lot of these churches, are you really saved when you never tell people to repent of sin? Are they really saved because their love trumps the word of God and it's offensive to tell people they're sinning so they never tell them that they're sinning. So what are you winning them to? We've got to be the outpost. I'm not saying the only one, but I'm telling you, there isn't any others. I, I'm, I've looked. I, I'm, I I watch online. Where are they? I know the people that I'm accountable to. My pastor, Rodney R. Brown, I'm accountable to him. I know he's on fire. He's he's adding tens of millions of dollars to the river church. They're overwhelmed with people overwhelmed with finances because he stood his ground, got arrested for the gospel. Jonathan Shuttlesworth. He's not going to be able to, he's, he can sit 500 in his sanctuary. They're, I don't think they're going to make it past February. Honestly, I don't, I was there. They were packed on a Monday night. Packed. I don't think they're going to make it for very long. They're go, they're going to have to get out. Because they're peop- those are the people, and it's like us, everybody, in I'm not just talking pastors and preachers, I'm talking about all of us who have stood our ground. Some of you started off not standing your ground, but you're standing now, good. But we've stood our ground. And everybody who's standing on their ground, they are seeing an abundance like they have never seen before. Don't worry about Don't worry about the supply crisis. Don't worry about any of that. It's got nothing to do with you. Nothing at all to do with you. Biden's supply chain problem is his problem. It's not yours. All right, let's talk about COVID. Give you a little COVID update here. Australia came out with one of their glorious, illustrious press conferences. They do the update the dead, the update the dead about the dead. Some of you caught that, some of you didn't, that's fine. He <laughs> had 10 people die in this specific province. And I don't know which one it was because I didn't have time to look it up, but it's one of the, probably one of the big ones, NSW or Victoria. And out of all those millions of people, they have a press conference over 10 people dying out of five or 6 million people. So, and out of those, these are the 10 deaths that they had from COVID. One person in their, they had 10, one person in their 40s, one in their 50s, six in their 80s, two in their 90s. Nine out of the 10 were fully vaccinated. And yet, so there, I don't, see, the thing is, I actually get a little frustrated because I want a better vocabulary, but I don't think there is another one. Because here you have nine out of 10 of their COVID deaths that they're doing a press conference about were fully vaccinated, were following their orthodoxy, and yet they're still gonna tell everybody to go get vaccinated and boosted. Three of the deaths were people who were boosted. One death from the unvaccinated. One out of 10. And yet there's still, here's the, that's absolute fact and it's being responded to with absolute nonsense of go get vaccinated. It makes absolutely no sense. Natural immunity, it just came out in a very universally accepted study, peer-reviewed study, that natural immunity was six times better than vaccinated immunity when it came to the Delta variant. If you're getting a shot right now, and I hope there's people watching that are contemplating getting a shot. If you are, if you are contemplating getting a shot, the COVID shot, of course, don't. But here's the thing: you need to understand, you're getting vaccinated against a virus that no longer exists. There is no alpha variant, and that's what the Moderna is for. That's what the Pfizer's for. That's what the Astrazeneca is for. That's what the Johnson and Johnson's for. It no longer exists. It's a mutational shift virus of which you can never vaccinate against a mutational shift virus. All you do when you do that is turn your body into an usher for virus. Instead of a fighter against virus, it's called antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome. Facts. It's the truth. That's why you're seeing the hospitals in Israel full of the vaccinated. The hospitals in Australia are 70% full of the vaccinated. Same thing in the UK. Well, why isn't that happening here? We must be different than them. You believe that? We're different biologically than the UK, than Israel, than Australia. No, they lie here. We have the Democratic Party here. Here's the stats coming out of the UK. You ready? 68 million people live there. How many people? Now, what they did is they had a FOIA request. In the UK, they don't send you redacted FOIA requests. You send in, I want to see Anthony Fauci's emails. They send you Anthony Fauci's emails. Unless it's a, why is Anthony Fauci's stuff redacted? He's, got, he's a guy in a lab coat who, who prances around doing nothing. Why, is his email, why are his emails redacted? He's not in the CIA. But here in the, but in the UK, you send a FOIA request and it's simple. You can just do simple verbiage. The guy outlined it. I want to know how many people have died of COVID exclusively. No comorbidities, no cancer, no other contributing factors, No motorcycle accidents, no gunshot wounds, no heads being cut off, no lightning strikes, which were all counted in the United States. They were caught in Minnesota, actually sending paramedics back to the hospital at a fatal crash, this is absolute fact, and drawing blood from a dead man to see if he had COVID. After he was killed in the car crash, he did, and they counted him as a COVID death. We are the only ones doing that understand 860,000 Americans have died of COVID, but lo and behold, you never see a body wagon. 860,000 Americans, you're like, Tom, what does this have to do with Christianity? Some of you got that look on your face right now. I came here to hear a message because every single thing I'm telling you was to get us to where we are now, which is you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without your vaccine passport, your QR coded mark of the beast. That's what it's about. And you don't see it, you are spiritually vacuous. If you don't sense it, you have no discernment. You have been art-churched to sleep. You should see it. So he sends in the floor request. I would like to know how many people died exclusively of COVID, no mitigating factors, no comorbidities. 68 million people live in the UK. How many people died just of COVID since It all began in December of 2019. How many people? So over two years, 6,000. What do you think it is here? It's about 30 to 50,000. Same as the flu season. 30 to 80,000 every year die of the flu. But now they're counting everybody who's dying with the average age of death of COVID in America is 79 to 80 years old. The average age of death is 77. And you think 860,000 people have died of COVID or was it with COVID or presumed COVID? They broke down the ages. So 6,000, that's the truth. They can't hide it. I wonder why they're lifting all their restrictions right now in the UK. You know why? It's not out of the goodness of their heart. They're doing it because they tried a universal globalist technocracy takeover. And people like us said, no, thank you. And there's enough of us out there that are spilling out this information. They can run, but they can no longer hide. That's why you're seeing now what they're doing in the United States is the same reaction that initially happened in Great Britain was to double down. Joe Biden just lost another federal lawsuit. You know why? Because taking a metal rod without informed consent, and using, using people's jobs as ransom, and taking a metal, jo- metal, metal rod and jamming it to, into people's arms with a goebbels Mengula experimental vaccination against the Nuremberg Code, against the Constitution, you're going to lose in a federal lawsuit when, it, when it's a constitutional judge. And he keeps losing. He just lost. He can't mandate it the federal workers. I feel so bad for the military, sort of. Not for the upper ranks, but there's guys in there. And listen, I have my pity somewhat, but sometimes you have to take a stand. You know, let me ask you this. If I was still in law enforcement, you think I'd arrest you for not having your QR coded vaccine passport? No, I'd walk away. I always said, you know what? As soon as they outlaw spanking kids, I'm done. As soon as they start sending me to, to people's houses to collect their guns, I'm done. It never happened, so I didn't have to leave. I can flat out tell you I would never go up and arrest somebody for not wearing a mask, and that's what's happened in the United States and in numerous other locations around the world. Here's how the UK death count, 6,000 out of 68 million. How many people die of the flu every year? Way more than that. In the UK, I'm talking about. So they want to vaccinate your kids, right? Why do they want to vaccinate your kids? Because it's a permanent UAE. I mean, a permanent emergency use authorization, emergency EUA. I said it right the first time. That's what it is. When they vaccinate your kids, it gives the vaccine companies a permanent emergency use, use authorization against liability. So that way, when, you, when somebody who's an adult complains, they go, no, you know what? It's in their contract. It's absolute facts. So, somebody who gets injured as an adult, they don't have any liability towards you even after the emergency youth authorization has run out. That's why they vaccinate kids. That's the only reason why. Look at the numbers, shall we? Out of the UK. How many kids died who are less than one years old of COVID? Zero. How many died one to four? Zero. How many died five to nine? Zero. How many died 10 to 14? Zero. In two years of COVID, zero. And they want to vaccinate that age group. Just got authorized in the United States with another EUA. Five to 11s can all be vaccinated. You can't, listen, they just arrested an 11 year old in New York City because she didn't have her QR coded vaccine passport mark of the beast. Then she's tried to walk into the night of the museum, museum, where they just took down that, that uh, statue of Teddy Roosevelt because he was a racist, allegedly. That's where we're at. This is why you don't strap masks on your face to cooperate with liars. You don't ever do it. Well, I do it, you know, because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, be a team player. I'm trying to have everybody come together. What what does the Bible say about coming together? Just, Just curious. Do you know? So when people throw it at you, are you destroyed for lack of knowledge? Do you have the answer? You look them in the face and you go, where do you stand in Jesus? Because the only time I'm ever commanded to unify is to unify with you under the umbrella of the Holy Spirit. So if you ain't speaking in tongues, I'm not unifying with you, Fauci. That's what you say. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship could light have with darkness? 2 Corinthians 6 14. Then 2 Corinthians 6 17. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. So you don't, you're not a team player. If they're telling you to lie, lockdowns don't stop a viral infection. 76% of COVID cases are caught in the home. And where do they send you? Off the beach where vitamin D from the sun kills COVID instantly, instantly, they send you into your home. It's all on purpose to get you to the vaccine passport. He causes all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast. See it. See it. See it. Where's the church? Are they calculating the number of the beast? Who's preaching about it this morning outside of the men that I've already mentioned? No, it's Love Part 48. How to be a better you, Part 47. At the Movies is back. There's there's Christians, alleged Christians, standing in lobbies dressed up as movie characters as I speak for a sermon series called At the Movies. Where's the Bible? Tom, all you're talking about is COVID. That's not the Bible. Did I not just tell you how I'm talking about COVID? It was all to get to that place. How do people not see it? How do they not see it? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God that we may understand what God has freely given us. First Corinthians 2.12. People don't have the spirit. So there's your age breakdown. It doesn't get any better. 20 to 24, four. Four people. You shut down the whole globe for that. I'll use a couple more. 25 to 29. Must be thousands. 12. 30 to 34. Must be thousands. 24. 35 to 39. 42. 40 to 44. 52. Wow, what a devastating pandemic it was. It's a bioweapon coming out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is a grade four, grade five, whatever it is, bioweapons laboratory funded by Anthony Fauci, funded by Bill Gates, funded by the PLA. That's what it is. When did it happen? World Economic Forum meets with Event 201 in October of 2019. Two months before everybody. And what were they doing? They were wargaming. It's all on video. See, these people are very fervent, but they're not smart. They're fervent, they're dedicated, and they're brave. They're brave in their lives. Christians aren't brave and old, and then they hold the truth. They hold the truth that sets people free and they're not brave in it. But they're brave in their lives. So they hold event 201, two months before the outbreak, warring against a virus nobody has ever heard of before in your life. You don't tell me you ever heard of a coronavirus before this, because you hadn't. They're warring against the coronavirus outbreak. Lo and behold, and who, and who threw event 201? Bill and Melinda Gates and the World Economic Forum. Pfizer was there. Moderna was there. Johnson, Deutsche Bank. Everybody was there. And then lo and, uh, China, by the way, was there. Their version of Anthony Fauci was there. And then lo and behold, you had the, you had the world uh, military games held where two months later? Wuhan, China. Where all the militaries of the world came together to compete in athletic competitions and all took COVID home with them. That's exactly what happened, folks. It's not a right wing conspiracy theory. That's exactly what happened. It was planned, and it was not planned, it was not really planned to kill a lot of people. It was planned to get you to the vaccine passport. That's preaching the gospel. I don't want you to take a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. So as your pastor or as your brother or as your friend, I'm telling you that's what it's been about from day one. Why is Joe Biden put in a vaccine mandate on all Mexican and Canadian truck drivers? He just lost in federal court. He knows he just lost. He can't mandate it to truckers here in America. So he's mandating it to Canadian and Mexican truckers. Anybody been to Walmart lately? How's it going trying to buy ground beef? How are those prices working out for you? That's all on purpose. Why? It's so that you go to the government for salvation. All the while the government were the ones who caused you to have need of salvation. That's the plan. It's all again... To get you to the mark of the beast, do they even know that's what they're doing? How do you not see it? In Australia, Canada, the entire European Union, all of Israel, New York City—you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel without the mark of the beast, without your vaccine, your QR-coded vaccine passport. How do you not see it? Where's the church? Where are the big names? I want you to think about your big, your favorite big name right now. Tom Lipley, no, I'm just kidding. I want you to think of your favorite big name before all this happened. Where are they? Just curious. I mean, there's still, you know, there's still a lot of them got vaccinated so they can go travel and minister. That's a good idea. Let me jam a metal rod into my arm full of a deadly poison. Great idea. It's working out real well. Amen. There's your COVID news right there. Now you only got an hour and a half to go and we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Ephesians chapter four, verse 17 and 18. We're going to launch right there. Actually, no, we're going to launch at Romans eight thirty one and 32. Sorry, guys. These are our root verses for this message. What shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will you not also along with him graciously give us, say it out loud, all things. Has he given you all things? That's a call to responsibility. Yes, you can rejoice in it. Yes, you can shout amen to it. But it is a call to responsibility to live in and possess all things. All healing, all restoration, all power, soundness of mind, love, everything has been given to you now. It's not just to say amen to, it's to say, am I living in it? And if I am not, I'm going to diagnose the reason and get to the place where I am living in all things. If you are like I was attacking at the beginning of this service, if you're in a melancholy state today, you're not living in all things. You're not living in the word of God. You are living in your own carnality. I didn't say you were going to hell. I said you are living in your own carnality. Ephesians 4, 17 and 18. This is entitled, The New Man. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. They're melancholy. We're not. I'm not living a day like that. I'm not living in I'm not putting on sad music and getting melancholy. The Lord sternly corrects me when I start heading that way. If you're a little pouty pants, understand who you are. You're not, you don't have childlike faith. You're just simply a child. I just, you know, need a mental health day. Where let me see that now. We can do that in the concordance? Mental health day. Got it. This is why the church closed. The church doesn't run by the Bible. The church runs by whatever fills the offering plates. The church runs by whatever does not offend. The church runs in its humanistic version of Pharisaic love. No longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. You know what no longer means? This is deep. This is really deep. Ready? No longer. Period. <laughs> However they walk, you don't. They strap masks on, you don't. Whatever the next thing coming out of Davos, which is meeting this week, you say no to. If you don't know what Davos is, you need to get informed. Having their understanding, the world, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from a life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Boy, that would preach well at an our church. Because of the blindness of their heart. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say Ark Church, let me make it plain. It's Association of Related Churches. They're the discotheques that call themselves churches. Have, Have canned sermons. They're all preaching at the same time called Toy Story, Naked and Unafraid, Sand and Stars, At the Movie, Summer Playlist. Not one thing about sin, not one thing about hellfire and brimstone, not one thing about the great white throne judgment, not one thing about repentance, ushering most of their congregation straight to hell because most of their congregation is still living in sin because nobody ever told them to repent. We're not like that here. I've never changed. Ever I've grown and I know more now than when I got saved at 18, but when I got saved at 18 I turned from my sin. So in order for us to no longer walk like the rest of the gentiles walk having their understanding darkened, we must be sanctified. Most Christians are not in the process of saying, look at me now, are not in the process of being sanctified. They're in the process of digging their heels in and waiting for heaven. That's not what you're called to do. You're called to be consumed. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29, Deuteronomy 4, 24, for the Lord, your God is a consuming fire. You're supposed to be getting consumed by God, not digging in your heels and going, well, someday I'll be happy when I get to heaven. It's not even your reward. The reward of salvation is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, not your end destination of where you're going to live. What makes heaven great? Heaven itself or the Holy Spirit or Jesus or the Father? See, we must be sanctified. Sanctified means what? Made useful. Made holy. Now here's a great way to sum it up. To make productive or conducive to spiritual blessing. May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. First Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. What are the verses right before that? They're verses that give you a list of how to be sanctified. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is true. Abstain from all appearance of evil. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen through 22. And then you have sanctification 23 and 24. We have to be sanctified, be made productive. Don't sit, look at me. You've got to be like this. You've, in, in this one area, I will tell you to be like me. Don't sit here and deny the truth. If you're not productive, say it out loud, I'm not productive. I do. I do all the time. I don't sit there. I don't don't crawl into a fetal position in the corner of a room and beat myself up. I'm not joining a monastery where I'm going to get a switch every day and beat myself up. I hate myself. I hate myself. I'm not talking about that. But I go to the place of reality. Am I producing that which I am called to produce? Tom, you're always pushing us. That's right. This is a real church. I have high expectations for you. I expect you to prosper. I expect you to be protected. I expect you to win the lost. I expect you to fill that new building. Not the greatest applause I've ever heard right there. You know why? Because Christians don't, Christians don't understand about you are from whom much is given, much is demanded. They they applaud it like a trained seal. Amen. Arr, 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 fish, sardine, arr, arr. But they don't hold themselves accountable to it. If you if much is demanded of you, then what what are you living? In, re, in, in response to that demand, what are you doing? Well, you know, every day I get out my daily bread and I spend a salad. Two and a half minutes with Jesus. Solid, though. It's solid. Solid two and a half minutes. Quality over quantity. Bull crap. And I mean a fervent steaming pile of bull crap. I mean, like, what is he talking about? Steaming piles. Who cares? It's poop. <laughs> I talk about poop from the pulpit. I run from it. We have to be sanctified. And most Christians are just waiting to go to heaven. There's no sanctification going on. They're not being made useful. I, I've told you this flat out from the pulpit. I've wasted most, I got saved in 1987 and I wasted three quarters of those years from, now, from then until now. I'll say it, why won't you? No, you're no different than Fauci if you don't. You're no different than the people from Australia if you don't. Get vaxxed, get vaxxed. But nine out of 10 people who are dying right now are fully vaccinated. Get vaxxed, get vaxxed. I am producing, I am producing. Where? Where? Be honest with yourself and say, you know what, I wasted years, but no more. Psalm so 8410. Here's the thing, you're called to live 120 years. You actually have double the life, almost double the life of most, of most Americans. You're like, Tom, you are so full of it. Why, why am I full of it? My spirit shall not strive with man forever, yet his day for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Genesis chapter 6, verse 3. Where why am I wrong? Well, you know, we got the psalm that says that you'll only live 80 years. That's under the law. We're priests of Melchizedek in the Abrahamic covenant. It's all of you who don't tithe. Well, you know, the tithe is an old covenant. You're a fool. You're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. There's another pastor after my money. I don't care about your money. You really, I can't, listen, there's no way that me trying to conjure you up to give will ever meet our need. It's gotta be the Holy Ghost. So I'm not worried about offending one person. It's not Old Testament. It came from Melchizedek, which is the Abrahamic covenant, which is the mirror covenant to the new covenant. If you don't write a check for 10% of everything that you bring in, you are living under a curse. That's why it's not happening for you financially. You're like, well, it is. I've got a lot. Not in comparison to what you're supposed to have. Believe me, I found this out through incredible galactic stupidity. Don't be like me. Just give in. Why learn through the school of hard knocks where I'm sparing you right now? You can be like me and toil for 15 freaking years, and freaking is not a substitute for the F word, it's its own word, freak. I just want to let you know. See how informative this church is? It's just, I right don't the... know. You can be like me and waste most of your ministry toiling. Trying, begging, trying to convince people. I don't try to convince squat now. I just preach the gospel. I don't try to convince anybody of nothing. If people come up want to talk to me, I'll talk to you all I want. I mean, all you want, I'll talk to you. Well, not all you want. <laughs> all I want. That <sighs> you can be like me if you want and waste 15 years. Tommy, how can you say that? I'm saying it. There was good things that happened. Doesn't mean most of it wasn't a waste. I quit. I'm back. I quit. I'm back. And just waste your life. Like I did. And what happened was God is so merciful. He said, here's an open door, Tom. Here's an open door for you. Meet Rodney Howard Brown. Here's an open door. What are you going to do? God's telling you to give give 10% of your ministry's money. We barely make the rent here at that time. If we got a $4,000 offering, we would jump for joy. I remember one time we filled this room back when the stage was over here. Filled it, I'm like, oh man, it's gonna be a great offering, $900. There's 200 people here, 900 bucks. Why don't you just spit on me? Just 900 bucks. And then God said, here's a little open door. Tithe your ministry money. Tithe to Jonathan. Tied to Pastor Rodney. Jonathan with Rodney Howard Brown. We had nothing in the bank. Basically nothing. 30 grand maybe. And a year and a half later, $600,000 there. Another half a year later, I mean, we are over a million dollars in there now. 1.1, $1. 1, $1. 1.2 million dollars. I spent 15 years and I accumulated through my own great, wonderful efforts, 30,000. Now we don't, we don't cut costs. We need a speaker. We buy a speaker. We need something for the podcast. We buy something for the podcast, whatever it is. You're, that's called sanctification. It's called learning. Listen, I told you this and I don't mean to be redundant, but you, I want you to get it. When I said, you know what, Lord, we had $856,000 in the bank. And this deal was coming to fruition through the hard work of my wife and Buck Settles. The deal was coming through to fruition and they, we had to up what we put down because we were going to give half a million dollars down. We upped it to 750,000. So I'm like, man, 750,000. That means that we're only going to have a hundred grand in the bank. So Lord, I want another 150,000. Tom, how dare you? I, that's what I wanted. How dare you say, how dare you act like that with God? How do you act? Li- what do you act? Li- how do your kids act like towards you? Dad, I want it. Oh, well, tough. You're not like that, so stop acting like you are. I just gave my $65,000 truck to me. Just take it. He's my son. Take it. Go beat people up. That's what you want to do for a living. Go ahead. Take my truck to go do it. Drive to Orlando and go punch somebody in the face and drive back home. Thank you. I love him. There's no thought about it. And neither is it with God. Lord, I want 150,000 because I want to feel comfortable. What's wrong with that? Nothing. So God said, no problem. Literally, I, it's not literally, but it's, the vibe is literally. No problem. All you got to do is sow a seed. How much, Lord? 10% of 150. 15,000? But then that t- you know what my thought was? Here's this great man of faith. But Lord, that takes me down to 840,000. <laughs> What's the matter with me? So I said, Where do you want me to send it? He says, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, and the door shut. Boom, there's nobody else. Send it to him. And I said, Here comes my great stand of faith. I'll think about it. <laughs> That's exactly what I said to God. I, listen, I communicate openly with God. I'm not like a lot of you start Yahshuaing and speaking in King James language. Be as thou. What are you, you don't talk, what are you talking about? You think that language is superior? to how you normally talk? So I said, Lord, I'll think about it. So I was out in the hot tub, which I sit in every day, worrying about all the Christians who are offended. <laughs> worrying about all those mad at me in our left foundation church who think they're ruining my life. No. So I was sitting out there and I came in. I said, to hope, I said, well, listen, I'm trying to get this seat. I want us to have over a million dollars by the end of December. And, but the Lord's told me I need to sow a seed and that seat's $15,000 to Jonathan. She says, funny, we just got $15,000 given to us in the mail. Ship it to Jonathan. Lady comes in, comes in from Texas, drops a $200,000 bomb on the church, instantly puts us over a million dollars. That's sanctification. You operate in the uncomfortable you don't say the things you're not supposed to say. Some of you can never get past it. I ended the service last week with this. You can never stop. You'll never stop. You're the one who has to say things out of fear because temporally it makes you feel better to air it out. Keep your giant yap shut and be sanctified instead. Don't say what you don't do. There's all kinds of people walking around. And we start talking about the building. Because prior to being, being put under a confidentiality agreement, I was talking to people about it. So it kind of leaked out. So there's people that kind of knew, kind of didn't know, whatever it may be. And I told people, don't say anything. Did they obey? No. Because you're, you will not allow yourself, I hope you're hearing it, whoever you are. You will not allow yourself to be sanctified because in that moment, God is saying, do what your pastor told you to do. You're under pastoral authority. Do what he told you to do. When I come to your home, you're, I'm not, you're not under my authority. In the church, you are. I come to your home. If you're the dad of that house or you're a single mom and you're the mom, the parent or the leader of the house, I'm under your authority. It's your home. But here it's me. And I told you not to say anything. You're out there running your mouth. You see, you're not sanctified. It makes you weak and it makes you vulnerable to the devil because when you're not sanctified, you're operating at unbelief because you're sitting out there trying to fill voids. The reason why we lie, the reason why we sin is because of unbelief, because we're trying to fill a void. I have knowledge that nobody else does. Well, so what? Be sanctified and keep your mouth shut. Don't go up there and try to try to interrogate my daughter. Hey, Norma, I know you know. (laughs) Finally, now that you're 58 years old, grow up. Worry about you and Jesus exclusively. Don't worry about what's going on with other Christians. Worry about and you will be taken care of. People think that in order for you to minister, that you've got to be interwoven with the inner workings of people, you don't. The more that I don't do that, the more that God grows my ministry. What you do is, I concentrate on me and Jesus. and spillover effect makes me a better pastor. Not me trying to be a better pastor. Just concentrate on Jesus. It's all oh, it's so simplistic. Have you ever tried it? Well, oh, I tried it. I tried it for a week. You're willing to diet for months, but you won't try Jesus for more than a week. Just you and Jesus every day in the prayer closet, memorizing scripture, speaking in tongues, giving him the time that he's due. You won't do it. You won't do it. Why? What's more important? When we have a busy life, sacrifice it on the altar of God. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Cancel the soccer games. Tell your boss, no, I'm not going to work overtime anymore. God will take care of you. Your God will supply all your need. Where is your faith? Philippians 4, 19. You must be sanctified. Here's the verses I use all the time. Just said one. Romans, one. Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Far more than glory. Offer your body instead as a living sacrifice to God. Which isn't, by the way, again, I'm stuck on this probably because the Holy Spirit is making me be stuck on it. That's not some kind of melancholy, Pharisaic, putting grimaces on their face because they're fasting sort of move. It's offering your body with gleeful happiness to God as a sacrifice. He's worthy. It's not, well, I'm just laying my life down, man. It's going to be a rough ride. It's not the Bible. We, who told you that's in the Bible? The thief cometh not before to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So are you worshiping the thief? He came to give you life and life to its full abundance. You go, oh man, it's going to be tough. I'm just laying my life down, man. You know, I'm just stripping it all. Where is that in the Bible? This is why the church is vulnerable. They don't know how to respond to situations with the Bible. They're being destroyed for lack of knowledge because they don't know the Bible. What do you do with the virus? Find it. What do you do with depression? Bind it. What do you do with a sinner in your church who's making a mockery of the church? You've seen it happen here. What what, what do you think will happen right now if on the front row, Tracy starts clicking a bottle? (laughs) it ain't gonna last long. What do you think's gonna happen if someone causes a disturbance in here? Not putting up with that. What's the Bible say? Expel the wicked man from among you. I've kicked more than one out of this church. Well, Tom, take you more than you to get me out of here. I've got plenty of guys. I've even got skilled artisans at fighting. Good luck with that fight. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Sanctification. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will. Should I date that guy? Only if your mind's renewed will you know. It's that important. Should I go into business with that person? Only, Only with your mind. When people, Christians hop into business with unbelievers all the time and they don't come to me and ask, I'll tell you. Don't do it. Yeah, but he's offering me this or she's offering me that. Don't do it. Hell is coming, if you do. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. 1 Corinthians 2, 12. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. That we may understand what God has freely given us. You've been given all things, but only through the Holy Spirit will you understand it. And in order for you to get in connection with the Holy Spirit, you're gonna have to speak to him. You're gonna have to spend time with him. You need to be baptized in him. Otherwise, you're walking around in the dark, calling yourself a mature Christian. I am so sick of Christians who think they're mature. I will flat out tell you, I'm not. Tell me, you're pastor in your church. Sorry. I don't claim maturity. There's not enough fruit there. When, I, when you're Rodney Howard Brown and 38 million people have been saved under your ministry, I think he can go ahead and say he's mature. For me, struggling and toiling for 15 years, never growing, I think I've got some maturing to do. Well, that means, Tom, we're just a free-for-all. under you. Since you're calling yourself immature, that must mean we're mature, and we're going to do whatever we want in your church. Yeah, good luck with that. I'm very mature in some areas and immature in others. But I acknowledge it. Do you? Are you broken before the Lord? The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. Psalm 34, 18 and 19. You're wondering how to be blessed? Be broken. Admit the truth. I stunk as a parent. Some of you need to say it. You're still lying to yourself. Your kids aren't saved. They're living with their girlfriends, living with their boyfriends. You need to say it out loud. I stunk as a parent. Say it out loud. I've told my own kids. The only reason why I've been successful as a parent is because I'm broken and contrite. I go to my kids and say, I sinned. Do you? Have you? Or you just cover it up? Hebrews 5.14. But solid food is for the mature. This is all sanctification. Who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Matthew 17, 19 through 21. This is the ultimate sanctification. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. How bait this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting, putting the effort in, listen right now I'm fasting sugar, brutal. I thought I was in for 30 days. I found out one day in that I was in for 40 days. That's my wife. 40 days. Got to be 40. I can't be 30. I'd be almost done right now. I'm 23 days in. It's not all sugar everywhere. It's the ones, the sugar that I love. No Slurpees. That's number one. No sodas, no candy, no donuts, no pop tarts, nothing. What are you, a child? I guess so. I don't care. I like what, I likes what I likes. I like hauling down a whole bunch of Pop-Tarts at three o'clock in the morning. Fine. I nibble out all the, I go all the way around, nibble off all the edge, and then I eat the middle. I eat crunch berries. I eat all the regular Captain Crunch and I leave all the giant coagulation of crunch berries. Am I dreaming about sugar right now? Yeah, because I ain't getting it until February 10th. But it's helping. Listen, you, you deny yourself. You make your carnality smaller, which makes your belief bigger. That's what prayer and fasting does. It does not move God. It moves you out of the way of what God has already done. You, now you can distinguish between good and evil. You've not received the spirit of the world, but you've received the spirit from God. That you may understand what God has freely given us. You don't get that unless you're putting in spiritual effort. Okay, see how quiet it got right there? Everybody loves it until you tell them to do something. Because you've been taught that Jesus did everything. Jesus did everything, but you recognizing what he's done through your spirit, through your soul, through your mind will only come by prayer, fasting, faith, fellowship, Taking stands, putting time in prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. That's not very sexy. That's the Bible. People don't want to hear it because everyone wants to go home and be mesmerized by a screen because it's relaxing. It's not the purpose of life. Is you, are you hungering and thirsting after righteousness? For they shall be filled. Matthew 5 3 through 11, the Beatitudes you got a hunger and thirst. I press toward the mark. Does that sound like a relaxing faith? I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Is that a relaxing faith? Galatians 2, 20 was the last one. I don't remember the other verses I said. But look at sanctified. So you have the, 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 the disciples. I know I use 17, Matthew 17 through 21 frequently in this message series, but we're going to use a new one now. So you have the unsanctified disciples. Right, And we'll use Peter as an example. Peter was right there. Disciples came to him and asked, why could we not cast out? Because you're, you're unbelief. So let's look at the sanctified Jesus. Acts chapter, I mean, the sanctified Peter. Acts chapter 9, 36 through 41. Tabitha restored to life. Now I know your Bibles say Dorcas, but I'm not going to say Dorcas. It doesn't fly in America. You're like, are you changing? No, there, it's both. You can use the one. But if you use Dorcas, that's all you're going to focus on. It's Dorcas. We don't name people Dorcas in America for a reason. Anywho, the title is actually Dorcas Restored to Life. It's actually, I just changed it to Tabitha because that's also her name. Now I'm stuck on Dorcas, man. <laughs> I think I'm going to name my next pet I get Dorcas. I could name my current dog Dorcas because he's a dork. <laughs> All right. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in these day, in those days that she became sick and died. When they washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since Lida was near Joppa and the, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him. Anybody doing that for you? By the way, nobody's doing that for me either. So you think I'm preaching at you, or am I preaching to us? They sent two men to him. That's where you need to be. Is Peter any better than you? He denied Jesus three times, once with cursing. He's better than you? No. He's just another person who decided to be sanctified. Between Matthew 17, 19 through 21 and Acts chapter nine, he decided to be sanctified. Do what he was supposed to do, not do what he was supposed to do. And you see, you're spared too. People think I delay my life down, I'm losing. No, you're not losing anything but the garbage. And you're adding riches and prosperity and happiness and peace of mind. You lose nothing and gain Everything. In sanctification, being made useful. He wasn't real useful in Matthew 17. Jesus had to say, how long am I going to be with you? How long am I going to put up with you? You perverse generation. His disciples were standing right there. He was talking to them as well as everybody else in the crowd. But now look at what Peter chose. Verse 37, Acts chapter nine. Actually, no, Acts. uh, let's go uh, verse 39. Then Peter arose because they called for him. And went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the, all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Tabitha had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all out. The criers. That's not, look at me, look at me. That's not compassionate. But is it Christ-like? Whoops! Is your compassion christ or the biosynapsis firings of your brain, which is carnality. Which one is it? Because would you tell the criers who are sitting there with the garments of... Look at what she made. Oh, get out. Would you? Because that's love. Some of you are like, I don't know. That's love. You've just been indoctrinated against the gospel. But Peter put them all out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. That's what you're called to do. Look at me. That's what you're called to do. That's what I'm called to do. Period. The only way you're getting that is to go through the process. All it is is prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship. Every day. Every day. Prioritizing canceling the world shutting screens off and giving yourself as a living sacrifice you'll be sanctified think of it as melting ice i've told you this before i'll give you this example how many of you have ever had your had your air conditioner freeze up on you it freezes up ice is on it go out there and suddenly man the wall, the the air that's blowing out of there is lukewarm Go out there. It's because ice is over, over whatever that is inside the air conditioner. I wish Francel was here. Compressor, okay. thank you. So there is this all ice up. Thank you, literally, because it was driving me nuts. So your compressor's got ice all over it. I would go out there, and I'd get a hair dryer. Melt the ice off. Air, cool air starts to blow again. That ice is unbelief. It ain't going to disappear by itself. It's sanctification. That's all you got to do, but it doesn't happen. All Christians think that they've hopped on a rapid river and it's just, it's just going to take them wherever they go. And they believe their whole life they're operating in the perfect will of God when they're actually walking around in the dark. So they've never been sanctified enough to see what they've been given. They don't see the, and God never opens up doors for me like he does for so-and-so. So-and-so is putting in the time to melt the ice. Every time you pray, every time you fast, every time you serve, the ice goes away and you can see better. You can see better. I can already see better just from stopping eating donuts (laughs) and my pants fit better bonus. I've moved out of the galactically fat section of my closet into the mildly fat section of my closet. How do you talk about yourself? Like, Why talk about it any other way? Tabitha arised and she opened her eyes and when she saw Peter she sat up. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up and when he had called the saints and widows he presented her alive. They went, now what they gave was, oh, that's what they gave. Get out. Now this should sound eerily familiar to you. Does Peter remind you of somebody? Matthew chapter 9, 23-25. through 25. When Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing. Sanctification makes you act like Jesus. He said to them, make room for the girl is not dead, but she is sleeping, and they ridiculed him. But when the crowd was put outside, what did Peter do? What Jesus did. Most Christians don't do what Jesus did because they actually consider it to be unloving. They won't speak the truth to save somebody's soul in the name of loving them? You won't tell your son you're going to hell if you don't stop watching pornography because you're trying to be cooperative and compassionate and win them to the Lord through your love? What would Jesus do? If Jesus walked into your son's room and he was watching porn, what would he do? Jesus made a whip of cords and drove them all out of the temple. It's not loving. Jesus isn't loving. Jesus is God. And I believe 1 John four sixteen says, God is love. A lot of you won't confront your teenagers because you're trying to placate them and sort of... Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for for, I don't know, but you're trying to placate them and hold them sort of in your own control, trying to marinate them, trying to marinate them into the gospel through your own sort of convoluted love. You won't call them out for the sin that they're committing because you don't want them to have disdain for you. Maybe it's a divided home and it's between exes, and you want them on your side. Don't preach the gospel to them. Now, if they walk away, they'll love you more in the end. He who rebukes the man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-three. Some of you parents aren't clapping, are you? It's a tough church. Only the strong survive. Some of you will never be back. I know. But at least you had one day where somebody told you what was in the Bible. It's the Bible. Don't be afraid of your kids and don't be afraid of your wife. Tommy, you preach that all the time. It needs to be preached because we're a bunch of, the men in this country are a bunch of geldings. They were clipped and they don't even know it. They all need to rush to the bathroom and check. I mean, now. Go ahead, get up and go. Check. you like, well, that's because you live with a shrinking violet. Do you know my wife? She's cracking me at the door of our new church yesterday. I shot off my mouth to the realtor. And she's like, that's not what you do. It's not what you're supposed to do. So I had to tell her later, don't do that again. You're like, will you talk to your wife? Yeah, I talked to my wife that way. I'm going to be held accountable for the house and for the souls that are in my house. Then we're going my way. Ask her. Ask her who runs the house. Go ahead. I can't get to her before you do. (laughs) If I'm going to be held accountable for the souls in my house, then we're going my way. And you know what my way is? Bible. I will. My wife will submit. Ooh. See how that bothers everybody? Why does it bother you ladies when it's the Bible? Ephesians chapter five, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. What's the verse before that? Submitting to one another as to the Lord. So we submit to one another, but when there is an impasse, my wife wasn't, wasn't even out of line yesterday. I just told her, you know what? When Tracy's around and other church people are around, don't correct me. Do it later. Just pull me aside and say, you're an idiot. I don't have a problem with that. But it's her deal. She's been working this deal. Believe me, it has not been easy. And for me to be out there, it <laughs> wasn't pleasing. I don't blame her. That's why I don't get involved in business. <laughs> That's why I don't get involved. Just go on, just preach the messages, yell at people on the podcast, and you're done for the week. Thank you. Okay, appreciate it but today's church if you were to compare them to what Jesus did and to what Peter did, today's church would have a flute section today with with holes cut in their masks for the flute section and Jesus would have to have a vaccine passport to get into the room to pray for the dead person Even though they're already dead. Mind transformed. Oh man, one eleven 11 already. Four minutes to go. Everybody good? That daggum video, I talked about the church. When I was COVID, I talked about COVID too long. I didn't get through any of this message today. Nothing. First service, completely gypped. I hope they got something out of it. That was just a free-for-all out of my beautiful mind. That's so all that it was, a giant free-for-all. Speaking of mind, mind transformed, knowing the will of God, understanding what has been given to us, and unbelief dispelled, that is sanctification. What are you doing to get to that place? Driving your kids' soccer practice ain't gonna do nothing. Being a great mom ain't gonna do nothing. Tom, there's a lot of value in being a great parent. No, no, be a great follower of Jesus and let that spill over, and you'll inherently be great at being a spouse, at being a parent. A lot of you are trying to be great at things. Don't try to be great at them. Just go after Jesus. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these other things will be added to you. Matthew six thirty three. Do exactly what God has called you to do and nothing more. That's what Rodney Howard Brown says. Every service it's resonated with my soul. Back to our root verse for the sanctification series. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. Sanctification means make productive or conducive for spiritual blessing. This is not optional. Is there this, the odds of you surviving as a Christian When your theology is to dig your heels in and wait for heaven, it's like, how many of you have been frustrated when back in the day when we could watch football without all the political activity? Remember all the, your favorite team when they would go into their prevent defense? You're sitting here, you got it one, and for some reason they stopped playing that aggressive defense that they played all game long that was dominating the other team, and now at the end they go into prevent defense, and they go right down the field and score? And now the game's close. That's what what you're doing. If you're just digging in your heels and saying, you know what, I'm going to make it, I'm going to survive till I get to heaven. No, you're supposed to be going through the fire. The fire of the furnace of sanctification causes the silver to rise to the surface. You got to go there. You got to expose yourself to the Holy Spirit. Much is given. Much is demanded. This is not an option. Stop treating it like it is. And stop with the fake humility. No, I'm nothing. I'm nobody. It's not real humility. You are. Who are you? Who are you? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. And joint heirs with Jesus who never conduct a miracle in our lives who never went a soul is a joint heir with Jesus. Sanctification is not optional. You're a joint heir. Much has been given to you. You've been given all things. God expects you to share. A lot of you think it's it's good to be poor. You think it keeps you humble. How are you supposed to do, how are you supposed to do or perform your God-given duty to give your money away without money. How are you going to fund the end times harvest? If you have no money. Well, we're going to send you, Tom. How are you going to send me? If that's your, if that's what, not everybody's going to go and preach from a pulpit. God doesn't care about any of this. He doesn't care. He cares whether you do what you're called to do. Every gift. Every gift. And every call is irrevocable. God has called you and gifted you. It's irrevocable. Even people who are dying right now are burning in hell. Their gifts and their calls are still on their life. Irrevocable. They're never going to have a chance to use them. Don't let that be you. I'm not talking about just hell. I'm saying, you know what? Don't let it be you. I'll finish with this. How does one get sanctified? 116. Holy mackerel. Where's Aaron? Is the worship team even in here? like Rodney Howard Brown after a five-hour service. Do we even still have a band? <laughs> Somebody find Aaron because I need him to close the service. He should be ready at the 116 mark. There he is. Hi, Aaron. Welcome. He's working. Listen, he gets—he runs around here. I mean, he gets run around. Believe me, tough job. Luckily, I'm so sweet that I'm easy to deal with. So how does one get sanctified? Here it is. And this is what I wanted to get to. Do you mind? Let's just preach another hour. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. We will preach longer when we have one service. But here's the answer. You want to know how to get sanctified, how to melt that ice. It's minute by minute decisions that you will start making right now right now Deuteronomy 30:19 I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you presented before you life and death blessing and cursing therefore choose life that both you and your descendants may live Well I did that when I got saved No 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 You started you're a tiny little baby Every day is presented before you life and death blessing and cursing will you say what you shouldn't say will you say what you should say Will you do what, you, what you're supposed to do? Will you not do what you're not supposed to do? Every moment, every second. Will you let your mind fixate on things that are not godly? Or will you demolish every argument and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God? What will you do? Sanctification, minute by minute, second by second. That's sanctification. What decision will you make? Now, today, when you go home, we will leave here. Sometime in the next three hours, we will leave this building. When you do, you will have the opportunity. Will I pray today? Remember the sanctification process out of 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through, 20, through 22. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Quench not the spirit. What does quench not the spirit mean? When he tells you to pray today, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What you, but this is on, but that's on. We are We are worshipers of screens. We forsake the Holy Ghost for screens. He's telling you, pray. And what do you do? Uh, uh, and the ice stays on the AC. You don't even, you, you don't have the revelation to conduct a miracle. You don't have it. That's why they didn't work. Because you didn't take care of business. You have to have a renewed mind to be able to test and approve what God's will is. And to have a renewed mind, you got to go to the one who renews the mind. So he presents you today, life and death, blessing and cursing, death, life. What will you choose? What will you choose today, right at this very moment? Worship team, make your way. I'll close right here. The decisions that we make. I'll sum it up with this list in closing. I'm going to get you out of here. It's 119. We'll be out of here before 125. We don't make do a quick close, but I want to finish with something solid here. Let me ask you: Will you say it, sanctification? Will I do it, sanctification? Will I not say it? Will I not do it, minute by minute? It's everything. Will I stand in faith, or will I run my mouth? Because if I expose the fear, it very temporally makes me feel better. What if this happens? And what if that, maybe you should never air that out, so the devil doesn't know what you're thinking. Only God sees the heart. The devil has no idea what you're thinking unless you tell him. You can tell him by facial expressions, or you can tell him by your words. This is real Christianity. It's not coffee house. You know, I'll give me my cafe latte, my Jesus fish Bible cover, and, and we all sit down. You know, my heart was hurt back by Pastor Tom. You know, in the last service, my heart was bruised, and I'm still. Does anybody have anything? You want to pray over me? My heart is hurt. It's not Christianity. That's a steaming pile. Real Christianity is the process of sanctification to remove unbelief. And that is minute by minute. If you do, look at me, if you do it, if you do it, we will create a movement that's never been seen before. If you don't, if you don't, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Don't let it be you, you find out in heaven, I had the opportunity to be a part of winning. And this great, wonderful opportunity right now. This is the greatest time to be alive ever is 2022. It really is. This is the greatest time to be alive. When you have the devil exposed and you can use that exposure to win the lost. It's the greatest time ever. It really is. But in order for you to see the open doors, the scales have to be removed from your eyes. And that will come by prayer, Bible study, worship, fellowship, fasting, saying what needs to be said, not saying what doesn't need to be said, doing what needs to be done, not doing what you're commanded not to do. Minute by minute, hour by hour, and watch, watch the floodgates open. Are you Thank you so much for joining us. We know that when there are this many people in person or watching online, that there is a chance that some have not started a relationship with Christ. If that's you, and you would like a relationship with Jesus that washes away the stain of sin, you will need to start by repenting of your sin, confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and asking Him to be the Lord over your life. That means giving up control. If you have never prayed this or you have fallen away and want to return to the kingdom of life, repeat this prayer after me and mean it. Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you to forgive me for all of my sins and I now turn from them and I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you said that prayer, you are saved. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.